It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 547, that's 547 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record, where I hold in-depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. Coming up on the show today on Monday is my guest, Josh Elledge. Josh is the founder of Upend PR and chief executive of Savings Angel. And at Upend, they turn thought leaders into media celebrities. And you got to like that as somebody that would love to be a media celebrity. So in today's conversation, we're going to dive into the differences between PR and promotion in actual fact, as well as how to use one as a tactic to build awareness. Now, if you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 547. And if you like the show, it really helps out. If you subscribed and left a review for us, you can do that all with the podcast app on the phone you're using to listen to this podcast. Go ahead, hit pause for a second, or wait for you, subscribe, leave a review, and then come right back and listen to the rest of the show. So, Josh Elledge, welcome to Accelerate. Hey, thanks so much, Andy. I, I'm, it's great to be here. My pleasure. So, I've got a standard open question for all my guests, and this question is, in your mind, what's the single biggest challenge facing salespeople today? Well, I think it's getting out of our own way. Uh, and, you know, where I know that just depending on what we do, it's so important to kind of adhere to a script, a system, uh, you know, because, you know, we've scientifically calculated what works for all, uh, you know, a sales team. Um, however, I, I think what customers, uh, businesses, you know, whomever your target audience is craving more than anything is just authenticity. And it's, you know, can you be my advocate? Can you help me solve a problem? Can you be my guide in, in this purchase, uh, you know, in, in this purchasing decision process? And so, uh, you know, again, I think as a, as an industry, I think the sales industry is doing much better than we did in the old school rules of, you know, these, um, you know, all these tricky, uh, closing techniques and Mm -hmm. sure, sure, sure. just like all this old school kind of used car salesman, uh, kind of tactics. Um, and, and I'm so grateful that, that, that we have evolved, uh, to this, uh, position, but, um, I think we can go even more uh, for, I think we could go even further in developing, our own brands as salespeople and really moving to a position of great authority and expertise where imagine that when you get, and I'd love to tell stories about this. uh, Imagine when you get on the phone with prospects, they're almost like a little awestruck to talk with you because of who they know you to be. And, And that's the kind of work that we do. Okay. All right, and we'll get to that. We at Upend PR. Um, that's sort of the challenge, I think. For I mean, first of all, one is the premise that we've actually evolved that much as sales oh, people. Wow. Which <laughs> I'm assuming you can correct me. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I I I think that's an open question, and I think it's yeah, you know, it's part of the reason why there are sales podcasts and and you know literally hundreds of sales books published every year. That yeah. it's not like there's things that are really new. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we maybe find better ways of expressing what we've known. I mean, I've, was reading a book just this morning that a friend of mine has written about sales. That yeah, extremely well written has a different way of sort of laying things out. But you go through, it's like 
Yeah. I mean, it's, again, nothing really new. But so it always sort of strikes me as why, if we had really evolved, we, we wouldn't be dealing with these sort of basic fundamental issues, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this whole idea that you started talking about authenticity, which another word about, you know, we could say about being service oriented, customer centric. Yeah. yeah. We all know that that's important. You know, the books have been written about it for, I think the first book about customer-centric selling was nearly 30 years ago, you know, sure. 25 years, Michael Bosworth. Yet, you know, the theme, let's say, even of, of the book that, that my friend had written that I was reading this morning was, hey, you know, part of the reason you're not being successful is, is the customer sees that you're more focused on yourself and what mm-hmm. you're trying to accomplish than what them and what they're trying to accomplish. Exactly. Well, exactly. Hey, that's been the basis of selling you know, for time immemorial, really. You know, other than you know, retail sales of some sort, but in the business to business space. Now you can make the argument make the argument that always been the case that that's how you sell. Right? It has to be yeah. about it has to be about the prospect. So yeah. I, I I worry more the other thing, more the opposite direction, that we're not evolving fast enough. That that there's no sort of uh, oral tradition or generational history. That, that we acquire, partially as, as we're being raised as humans, to say, yeah, even in life in general, it's more about the other person than you. you know, if you want to build a relationship it's, and you want to be effective yeah. at it, it's demonstrating an interest in someone else before yourself, being able to put yourself in their shoes, have the empathy. And makes me wonder that, hey, we're, maybe we're not teaching that enough as, as we're raising humans throughout our societies. Because it still has to be the taught, retaught or taught again for the first or taught for the first time when people come into the workforce. All right. No, there I go on my soapbox. But I can do that. that <laughs> this is this is my show, so I can do yeah. that. Yeah. So, all right. So tell us a little bit about about you. You had mentioned uh, what you work with companies. You have two companies. Right. One, you have one called Savings mm-hmm. Angel. One called Upend PR. So so tell us a little bit about each of those. Yeah, so Savings Angel I launched over 10 years ago and is completely out of necessity. So at the time, I was actually working in sales and marketing, um, worked for a network of uh, network of attorneys and um, was in a position where my income was very unstable. And uh, so my wife and I had gone through uh, a kind of a you know, a budget plan or a spending plan and trying to just be very, very safe with how we were spending our money. And we got to the line item for groceries. And I, I remember kind of turning over to her and I'm like, how much do we spend at the grocery store? Maybe like four or $500 a month. And she laughed at me. She goes, are you kidding? We spent like seven, eight, hundred dollars or more every single month to feed our family of five. And I thought Eat that it's crazy. That is a lot of money. And I thought, man, there's got to be a way that you can um, significantly cut uh, a grocery bill. I mean, we've got technology. Certainly we can do this. And so I studied all the experts and found out that the best way to do this, I mean, really, if you want to uh, cut your grocery bill in half, there's two ways you can do it. You can either grow all your own food, and I know from experience that that was just not realistic. I just was not going to be able to do that. Uh, The other way is that you have to take advantage of every discount that's available to you, incentives from the manufacturer, incentives from retailers, and you get them to work together. And so what I'm referring to from the manufacturer is they will give you significant savings in the form of coupons, Mm -hmm. and retailers will give you significant 
significant savings in the form of sales. And if you time both of them together, that you can get your groceries for pennies on the dollar. So we figured out some technology that would uh, would automate this process and put together a lot of data each week. And then we would... Um, essentially just created a membership site over at Savings Angel. And we've done close to $6 million in sales um, as a result of being able to help good people cut their grocery bill in half over the past 10 years. And what's really interesting is that we've done next to no advertising. Um, All we do is PR. So uh, I would do a regular radio segment. Uh, I'd been starting started to get written up a bunch in the newspaper. So I started writing my own newspaper column, which then turned into a syndicated newspaper column, started doing TV, uh, which then turned into a syndicated TV segment now in 75 cities, two to four times a month. Um, I've all told, uh, so I think I mentioned I write a syndicated newspaper column that's got 1.1 million readers. Um, And so all told now I've been in the media over 1500 times. And what's really nice is I just don't really have to work very hard in terms of exposure for Savings Angel um, because I just kind of work in partnership with the media and that gets kind of taken care of. So you would think, oh, gosh, well, this sounds like a really great thing. Invest more money into it. And so I, I started investing into PR firms thinking, well, if this is, you know, if this much is good, imagine if I start outsourcing some of this stuff. And it was fascinating because every time I would do that, It just ended up being an abysmal failure. The work I did myself was pretty effective. But um, anytime I tried to pay somebody to outsource my brand, my product, it just didn't work out real well. And so I started uh, so I started working and doing a lot of pro bono work in our local startup community. Um, we started in West Michigan, moved down to uh, uh, Orlando, Florida, and just really encouraged startups not to spend money in PR, but to learn the basics of how to do this themselves. And they started having success. I started doing workshops, um, started speaking. Um, I have done some Pretty big stage stuff. Spoke at Social Media Marketing World mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in March on how to get massive media. Um, and so reluctantly, uh, just because of all of the people that I helped, uh, you know, they really kind of said, well, can I just hire you or, uh, you know, can can which, I pay which, you instead and you can is, help me out? Right, and so which is I slightly, slightly ironic, right? Yeah, I know. And so I, it's like I reluctantly started what I consider to be an anti-PR firm. Uh, so that's why we call it up-end PR. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just – our success rate with our clients is just like it, – it's it's almost like – uh, it's like, uh, you know, this industry of the industry of public relations has just been lagging so far behind. I think other areas of marketing, which I think has stayed, you know, pretty current. And there's, you know, just been so much cutting edge evolution um, in the space of marketing. But for whatever reason, publicity, I, you know, it's just like they're playing on old school rules and they refuse to evolve. So um, it's like I, I feel like I have a a moral imperative to change this because I don't want other startups, and trust me, I've talked to lots of others, uh, to to pay out tens of thousands of dollars and have next to nothing to show for it. Um, just because PR is generally built on this, um, just, just you know, extract yeah, well, as many I, billable hours from your right, client as possible right, model. With, with very low results. Yeah, I, I, yep. uh, I experimented with that myself on the release of one of my books, and yeah, it was an abysmal failure. Yeah, oh yeah, hired, hired a, a PR firm that had some degree of reputation, and oh yeah, and literally nothing happened for Oof. I think five thousand bucks. <laughs> I mean, 
nothing. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. And you think about like where else you could have put that $5,000 and what you could have got sure. for it. Yeah. We're, Here's the thing. We we live in an age of Facebook ads where you could pretty much calculate and because because Facebook can calculate. I mean, it's like scientifically you can make an investment of a thousand dollars and you hope that you'll make a return of maybe one thousand one hundred dollars. And you can do that pretty consistently, um, you know, once you get that dialed in pretty well. And so we kind of expect that we can do the same thing with PR. Now, the 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 outcome really is a bit different. And if you're approaching PR in a, I need a shot in the arm, I need some fast traffic so I can make some quick sales, then I don't think that that's a real good mindset to have because it's not really designed that way. That well, well said, first of all, so let me, let me interrupt. So, yeah, please. so it seems like a lot of people these days, you know, they look at social and say, well, you know, sharing is getting publicity you know they, yeah. they really conflate the two so tell people how they're different what between sharing and publicity yeah well so philosophically you know the way i believe in in uh, you know as a, as a business owner first off our number one job is to grow our business i'm going to work my way back to that um so how do we do that well i believe that um you know again number one job is to grow your business a la michael gerber mm -hmm. um so how do you do that? Well, I believe that the two best ways to grow a company quickly or, you know, or uh, very methodically and, and, you know, kind of a sure bet path is to network with influencers because influencers have the ability to wave their magic wand, put you in front of big audiences. And yes, you can have big, big, big launches. Okay. So network with influencers because they, and, and you, you know, do so in a way where they respect you. Number two is serve large audiences. And the more you give to audiences, the more they will say, man, I love that Andy guy. Yeah, I, I got so much value. I feel like I, I want to reciprocate. I mean, if there's anybody I do business with in that space, I want to make sure it's him because of how much he's introduced me to. And so um, you've got this law of reciprocity kicking in. You've got the mm -hmm. know, like, and trust. Of course, the more you give to people, the more they, more time they want to spend with you because they're like, oh my gosh, that was a great, um, you know, that was instant value. I want more value from Andy. And so they keep tuning in or they keep checking your, um, your blog or they keep, you know, looking forward to your email because you're giving them the goods. And, and this is a thing too, that I think some marketers and entrepreneurs struggle struggle with is they say, well, wait a minute, I don't want to give away what I've got behind my paywall because if you want the really good stuff, you're going to have to pay for it. And, and that's kind of akin to imagining if you were in a Broadway musical and the Today Show calls and says, look, we want to have you on next week, Thursday, and we want you to perform, you know, your, your kind of your hit song from your big, you know, Broadway production. And you say, okay, we'll do that. Um, but I'm going to kind of hold back a little bit because, well, you know, this TV audience, they're, they're not paying tickets. Right. They're, Ooh. they're not ticket holders. We'll sing so, every other word. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll sing every other word. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And that's kind of what we do when we say, well, you know, I, I, I want to tease. Well, if you want you want the real good stuff, you're going to have to look on a page, you know, page 112 of my new book. You two could be a winner or something like that. You're not going to do that because people 
we're just in this age, I think, you know, I'm very much in the go-giver philosophy. It's just, you know, give, 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 give. And, you know, people, uh, not everybody, but enough people uh, will like you enough that they'll say, well, look, obviously I'm not going to get everything, uh, you know, in reading, um, you know, a 1,000-word page or 1,000-word article or a 20-minute podcast conversation. So I want a deeper dive. And that's, of course, then when they engage with you. Uh, and you know, you keep your prices high, uh, because those people are pretty motivated. Uh, you know, they know that you can bring them value based on, um, you know, based on all of the trust that you've built with them. All right. So, all right. Great answer. And we, we covered a lot of ground there is what are the inherent advantages of PR over, let's say social sharing, you know, promoting through social, uh, well, no, whether, whether I, it's, whether it's organic or, or paid, I mean, Right. It's, it seems like it's it's accomplishing different things. So it's you know people are saying, look, you talk to marketing people. Look, we've got we're going to budget for all this various activity, right? Whether it's you know s- social paid ads on social SEO, SEM, PR, advertising, yeah, you know, all the line items. Sure. So there's a yeah you know, people have to weigh the various advantages, disadvantages. So yeah, to me, PR oftentimes when I talk to companies that I work with, it's it's like. Yeah, they just, they just don't do it. Right. And and here's what they're missing is that the best way to do to work with influencers and to get their respect is to be an influencer yourself without question. Either that mm-hmm. or you're going to have to pay a lot of money. Mm-hmm. However, if you are a peer and you are an equal in terms of authority, then you just get access to do things like launches and exposure that you're just not going to get. So influencers and and high authority people, like celebrities are always talking about, you know, their interactions with other celebrities. Um, They're not talking about generally interactions with just every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Right, right. Yeah, so so get there. Because what's going to happen, it's is that you'll find that all of your work moving forward is just going to be more successful. I'll give you a great example. So let's say that somebody who's never done ever, you know, like nobody knows that person starts doing a Facebook ad campaign. All right, great. This here we go. Just, you know, someone sitting in front of the webcam and, you know, the same old routine, blah, 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 blah. We don't know. So uh, on its face, uh, that person is not going to do as well as someone who is a known commodity. So Gary Vaynerchuk or whomever, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, you and I are in the podcasting world. Let's say Pat Flynn or mm-hmm. John Lee Dumas or whatever. Sure. They, you know, we see their ads. Uh, Steve Chu, I love him. You know, just like a big, big, big name in the podcasting entrepreneurial world. Listen, when they do a Facebook ad and everybody knows who they are, do you think that they are uh, paying as much per lead? Uh, as the, somebody who is has n- nobody knows, I mean, no way they are getting a heck of a deal because they are respected and people like them already and they know them. And so, if you want all of your work to work better, build yourself into a position of being an authority. And you know what? Is it going to take work? Is it going to take time? It absolutely will. But here's the thing. If you're not investing in that and you just say from day one, I'm going to be the sham wow guy and that's all I'm going to do, you're never going to get there. So you're always going to be, it's like the hamster in the wheel. You're always going to be just having to work really, 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 really hard to acquire leads to sell, sell, sell. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just be a thought leader and you just have this huge audience of people that just loves you and then every time you launch a new product or service – 
everyone's clamoring to get a piece and talk about you. And, you know, you have all these other partners that all love you. Well, can you get there? Absolutely. And is there is there a scientific path on how to get there? Absolutely. And I believe a lot of it comes down to building up your media authority. And by media authority, I, I mean both traditional and kind of uh, digital uh, influencer um, platforms. So, I mean, you want to, you want to work with all of the above. And if you just, if you're consistent about it, you know what, a year or two from now, uh, again, you'll never have to worry about advertising ever again. Yeah. Well, that's, it's sort of interesting to bring that up because and maybe it's a generational split, but you see certain companies, certain individuals are trying to build their authority yeah. to gravitate purely to the digital. And then others that, Maybe a, doing the mix as you talk digital, but also then keeping into the conventional. I mean, I know somebody who's you know blogged every day for the last every workday for the last uh, mm-hmm. I don't know eight nine years, and yep. has built tremendous amount of authority and tremendous yep. uh, followings because of just yeah blogging, which everybody not everybody but a lot of people at some point or another are saying, well, that's that's obsolete. And no, anyway, he's yeah. pu- he's publishing, no, you have he's to grind it out. on his his platform. He's not on link, you know, he's not publishing the articles on LinkedIn, all those things. Yeah. But it's the consistency and yeah, I think the conventional thing. I mean, there's sort of a question buried in here, but but it's really getting your opinion is is and I think I know the answer, but yeah, you can't ignore the traditional sources you talked about, you know, radio, blog, so oh, on. Why would you? Yeah, yeah. it's like you know, in my mind, you want to serve uh, audiences that uh, where your ideal or target client is already pre-congregating. So maybe that is just, you know, in front of like, you know, kind of working with other YouTubers or and, you know, you do a, a video together. Maybe it's bloggers, you know, maybe it maybe it is industry stuff and it and it's only social or uh, only digital. But, you know, again, I can tell you from experience that traditional media sources are hungry. Like they they need a, a huge army of experts to pull from. And so I just want to let you know it's it's relatively easy. And so you may as well go uh, along the path of least resistance. And if you have a writer for let's say Forbes and you know she has to write two articles a day. She she's got so much, uh, so many words that she needs to churn out. She would much rather she or he would much rather quote you and have you help her or him with that article so that, uh, you know, their job is easier. And you know what? You get benefit because you're quoted. And of course, you know, when you get it's, you know. Here's and this is really critical too. And and I if there's one skill like we're, as we're talking about PR that I think really separates. Um, I just had a conversation with Michael Neal uh, yesterday about this. In fact, and he was asking me some questions about this. And I said, look, the difference where, um, you know, if you really want to separate yourself from other people that are experimenting with PR, what you do with your PR placements makes all the difference in the world. And here's why. When you get a placement in front of a new big audience, those people... Define for the audience what you mean by placements. So everybody understands. Yeah, but I, I mean, you get quoted in, okay. in uh, you know, Forbes.com or Inc. or Huffington Post. So it's not necessarily or you're on you TV, writing an article radio. that gets picked up. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be anything. It could be a podcast interview, for example. Sure. Um, you know, so these people, like, for, I'll give you, so the person who's listening to me right now, you don't really know me yet. I mean, we're just at the beginnings of our relationship, unless you've, you know, followed me in the consumer savings world, or maybe you've heard me elsewhere. Uh, so I, I'm grateful that we're at the beginning of our relationship. You're probably not ready to buy my stuff at this point. And I totally get that, and that's totally normal, all right? However, what what I would recommend is if you do get a break and you do get, let's say you get quoted somewhere or you get an interview somewhere, the people who already know, like, and trust you, but maybe they haven't purchased yet, okay, they, they're further along. I mean, I'm singing your music right now, and this mm-hmm. is, I know you know this better, way better than I do, uh, but the people who already have a relationship with you, they could be persuaded to buy, uh, and as you share with them all of these wins and all of this social proof that's going on, those are the people that if you're like, well, am I going to get ROI from me or from PR short term? Yes. You take all of your PR placements and you you treat it like it's the most exciting thing ever. And you brag about it. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, you know, my company's, you know, just getting recognized everywhere. Look, here's another one. Um those people, there's a couple of things that are going on psychologically with your own people. Number one is it they don't want to get left behind. And so they're like, well, gosh, all of these other people are really recognizing and praising Andy. I don't want to miss out on anything. And so I need to find out what's going on. You know, I need to, you know, why is, why is he on fire? I mean, so, so, you know, I, I really need to dig in. So another thing that happens is that you are also validating them that they hitched their wagon to mm-hmm. the right horse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they are part of a movement that's happening. And so if you can, again, it, so what this means is, you know, anytime you get a media placement, you're bragging about it via email, via social, on your website, you're getting logos on your website, you're going to find that your conversion rate's going to go up among your existing audience, and it's also going to go up among new people who visit you. And I'm sure you've seen lots and lots of websites where where you go and it's just um, the front page has that that row of all those amazing media logos um, where um, you know this this company has been seen. It 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 it, it is absolutely going to increase your close rate if you have that. Okay, <laughs> um, and I agree. I mean, I, I think that that yeah. I mean, I would look at my own my own activities and think, yeah, we're PR is dramatically underutilized in what in what we're doing because I think. You know, there's, there's like a playbook, right? And you know, if you're a new company, you're getting started. You're, you know, a digital thought leader. Sort of is the feel, sort of the space I'm in is, is, you know, you you go through and talk to all these people, and you talk about the playbook and it, and building your brand, and it oftentimes just doesn't include PR because people are such believers in the the magic of social. Yeah, yeah. Well. I'm so grateful. Listen, you know who I'm most grateful for is uh, grateful to is the person who's listening to this. And this is like, oh, my gosh, I've never heard this before (laughs) because I know if I can get them to make some subtle changes uh, in really, truly investing in their authority. And look, again, I want to stress this is not going to happen overnight. But again, if I can get you into a position where you have much higher authority one year from now, you are really going to look back on the activity you did this month and you're going to say, oh man, am I grateful I did that because it has really paid off. 
All right. Well, Josh, so tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just you can Google me. <laughs> uh, just uh, Josh Elledge, J-O-S-H-E-L-L-E-D-G-E. And uh, but I do have a gift that I can give to everybody. Um, one platform that I'm a big fan of, and, and I think this will save you several thousand dollars a month is is really getting to know how to use Twitter for uh, your PR purposes. And if you can really dial this in, uh, you will see the power of being able to connect with anybody you like uh, and getting quoted anywhere you like. But there are some things that you want to do. And so I've got a Twitter publicity mastery course. I normally sell it for $99. And uh, Andy, I'd, I'd be uh, happy to to give anyone who's listening to this conversation at the, to, to this length, um, you're the kind of person that I want to serve. And so you're welcome to have that for free. And so wow. um, if you nice. just go to- very generous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just go to upendpr.com forward slash Andy, and uh, it will zero out the uh, $99. You could have it for free. No, there's no big upsell or anything like that. It's just please enjoy the content. Uh, the only thing I would ask is if you get value from it, um, you know, just tweet me and let me know. And then I'll even retweet you to my 30 some thousand followers. It would be an honor to do that. Very excellent. Well, Josh, that's a very generous offer. And thank you again for being generous with your time and knowledge today. Thank you for spending Absolutely. this Absolutely. Well, yeah, thank you. And friends, thank you for spending this time with us today. Uh, come back, join us again tomorrow for another great episode of Accelerate. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.